Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Psalms chapter 107. I'm going to segue uh, out of the kingdom of God that we've been ministering on here into teaching on the power of redemption. The power of redemption. We need to understand redemption in order for us to be victorious in this life. Psalms 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy and gathered us out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. You know, we overlooked that so many times when we looked at it because the word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say, I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What does that word mean? The word redeem here means to uh, be a revenger or a avenger or to ransom or to deliver or to purchase. And so the best meaning of the word redemption here, it means that the law of redemption means whatever was introduced or intended to be yours all along, whatever was intended to be yours all along, whatever God's plan was for your life all along, regardless of how the possession was robbed from you or taken from you or you walked away from it, it has been purchased back and restored back to you. That's what it means to be redeemed. The law of redemption is, means whatever was intended to be yours all along, God's plan for your life is now restored. It's been purchased, bought back for you. So go with me to Matthew chapter 13, and we'll see how the kingdom of God segues into redemption. Matthew 13 is the same parable that we were talking about in Mark chapter 4. And what kind of seed was it that was planted in all four soils? Somebody help me here. Same kind of seed. All right. And so, you know, the Word of God has that great potential to produce a hundredfold in your life. So here in Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like. So we're segueing out of the kingdom of heaven. But we need to know that this is what God is saying about the kingdom of heaven. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all he has, and he purchases or buys the field. Now, I want you to try to understand this. The Lord saw you as that treasure, and he sold everything he had and gave everything he had, and bought this world so that he could have you. That's the kingdom of God. That's how it works. This is a type and shadow of God loving you so much that he gave everything that he had to buy this world. Jesus didn't just pay for the price of your sin, which he did, but Jesus paid the price of every sin in the world so that he could have you. See, he paid for my sin so that he could have you. He paid for your sin, my sin, Vicky's sin, everybody else's sin, so he could have you. He had no guarantee that he was going to get me, but he purchased. 
He had no guarantee he was going to receive me, but he purchased it anyway for you. And so he purchased you or he purchased uh, the sin of this world so that he could give you an opportunity to be a part of his kingdom. And so it says here, it says, which a man found and hid and for over the joy uh, he goes and sells all that he has and he purchases that field. That's redemption. That's what redemption is all about. Redemption is being purchased, and that's what that word redeem means. It's an act also of a kinsman redeemer. So in the Old Testament, God set up a system. So it's a type and shadow of what he can do for us now, but he set up a system, and he said, you know, basically when the children of Israel came in and possessed the land that God gave them, that God gave them, he gave them that land. When they went and possessed that land, after years of maybe rebellion or sin or wars or other things, if they lost that land or they sold that land, God gave them the right to be able to purchase what he originally had for them back to them, for them to get that. And if they couldn't purchase it, a kinsman could purchase it for them. And Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. He purchased for us the sins of this world. He paid for the sins of the wor- this world so we could be purchased back to him. Now, Mark 10, 45, it's probably one of my favorite scriptures. And after the disciples came and asked Jesus and said, you know, we want you to do something for us. He said, what is that? And he said, well, we want you to grant that we'll sit on your right hand or your left hand. And Jesus is like, oh boy, you guys aren't getting this yet. He said, you know, really the Gentiles or the culture of the world is that certain people will rule over you. And that's when he said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. He said, if you want to really be first in this world, you need to become a servant of all. And that's when he went on to say in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That word ransom means that he purchased, he gave his life so he could purchase or buy back or be that kinsman redeemer so that all that God has for you can be restored back to you. Now, I want you to get hold of this. You need to begin to declare, I'm redeemed. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And too many people are saying, so I'm redeemed. What does that mean? No, it means I have been purchased. The price has been paid so that I can experience all of the blessings of the Lord in my life. He's already taken care of that. What is one of the greatest challenges for many of us to receive from God? And that is that feeling of inadequacy, that, that, that thought of I'm not good enough. But you know what? It doesn't matter if you're good enough or not. God already paid for your sin. He already redeemed you. He already purchased you back so that you can have victory and so that you can experience all the blessing of the Lord. That's why it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say, I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Who is it that wants to take away from you? Well, if you go to John chapter 10, you'll find out that Jesus said that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, or I'm the door. No man can enter in except by me. So go to John chapter 10. Most assuredly, 
I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs some other way is uh, is the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. The door to him, the doorkeeper opens. Why does the doorkeeper open? You know, when, when you enter to the door, when you enter into the access of the kingdom of God, what did Jesus teach us? The kingdom of God is at hand. So you're at the door of entering into the kingdom of God, and Jesus is the doorkeeper, and he says, come on in. Why can't he say, come on in? Because he's already paid for the admission. He's already paid for the admission. You know, we went to the uh, city museum with our grandchildren, and uh, we took two cars, and so I think my son and a couple, uh, his wife and one or two of the uh, one, one grandchild came late, or did we have, we had all three grandchildren. Okay, so anyway, they came late, so we got there, so we paid for our admission and their admission. So when they came in, they didn't have to pay for anything, because it was already purchased. And so when you come to the door to enter into the kingdom of God, you don't have to pay anything, but you have to go through the doorkeeper, who's Jesus, who's already paid full admission for you to come in. Amen. Isn't that awesome? And so when he, verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the stranger. And Jesus said here in verse 7, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastures, or provision is what that really means, a symbol of provision. The thief comes to, the thief does not come except for one thing, to steal, kill, and destroy. Stop. Look at Psalms 107, verse 3. He, I mean, verse 2. He has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Jesus is referring to Psalms 107 here. He said, let the redeemed say, I have been uh, redeemed from the hand of the enemy. He said, it's the thief. The only purpose of the thief is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But you know what? Hands off. Hands off of you. Why? Because you've already been purchased. You've already been bought. You know, he can't touch you because of the price that Jesus paid for you. You were that treasure in the field. You were that sinner in the world. And Jesus paid for all the sins of the world so that he could have you, so that you can come into the kingdom of God, which means that you can come into the fullness of all that God has for you. Because he's already purchased it. So the thief does not come to steal and to kill and destroy. But I've come that they might have life and they may have it more abundantly. The word life in the Greek is zoe, which basically means God's kind of life. God's kind of life. And the word abundantly is precise in the Greek, which means beyond measure. Beyond measure. Now when the Bible says you can't outgive God, You know, I used to think, well, you know what? Here, I'm giving God $100, so he's going to give back 101. You know, that's not really what it means. What it means is that there is no way you can do what God has done. Think about it. 
there's no way you can do what God's done. Because, you know, I might be able to bless my wife. I might be able to bless my children. I might be able to bless my grandchildren. But right now, I can't bless all of you. Now, if you pray hard enough, maybe I will. <laughs> but I can't bless everybody. So now you can see how you can never outgive God. God's out blessing everyone because he's already made the purchase. He's your kinsman redeemer. He's already bought you. He's already paid the ultimate sacrifice so that you can now enter into the kingdom of God and experience God's best for your life. Experience everything that God has always wanted you to have. He created you to be an overcomer. You know, the Word of God tells us in Deuteronomy 28 that if we'll hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, that He'll bless you in the, in the city. He'll bless you in the field. He'll bless your coming ins, and He'll bless your going out. That everything that you put your hands to shall prosper. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to experience all that God has for me. Amen. Not because I want it for me. I want it for the kingdom of God. You know, just like the missions offering, you know, if I had the extra, you know, $140,000, I'd just write a check out to them and say, hey, go purchase this thing. And then I'd send them another $140,000 so they have materials to go ahead and just remodel whatever they need. You know, I mean, this is why God wants us blessed so that we can be a blessing. This is how we expand the kingdom of God. And this is what it really means, freely receive, freely give. You're your, your, your purchase was given to you free, freely. Your redemption was given to you freely so that you can enter into the kingdom of God, so that you can experience all the blessing of God. And now that it was given to you freely, it's up to us to freely give it back. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It is so much better. Go ahead and patty. Don't patty cake, but give God praise. Amen. It's so much better to give. And I want to let you know, it is such a joy to be able to give money away that somebody else has. <laughs> that God provides. Right. You know, our staff has that idea. Pastor, can we have this for our budget? Can we spend this on this? They really enjoy spending someone else's money. Amen. <laughs> but they do it for the kingdom of God. They do it for righteous reasons. Amen. And so when we begin to understand this is part of the redemption, this is part of the kingdom of God, this is part of the redemption that God has provided for us, then we're not just going to say, well, what does it mean to be redeemed? We're going to begin to say, I have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I've been redeemed from lack. I've been redeemed from sickness. I've been redeemed from depression. I've been redeemed from uh, the, the world's culture. I've been redeemed from sickness. I've been redeemed from disease. I've been re redeemed from tragedy. I've been redeemed from disasters. I've been redeemed. Amen. You know? And when the enemy comes and begins to tempt you, you say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't belong to you. I've been purchased. I've been bought with a price. And that's the price of Jesus laying his life down for you and me. So I'm redeemed. So we've been redeemed so that we can have God's kind of life and have it abundantly or without measure. 
which means that God has redeemed us and purchased us so that we can experience the goodness of God all the days of our life. Is that scriptural? Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all of the days of your life. This is God's plan for your life. He wants you to experience his abundance. He wants you to experience his life all the days of your life. You say, well, pastor, that's a little hard for me to wrap my head around. How did Jesus teach you to pray? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done when we all die and go to heaven. No. Doesn't say that. On earth as it is in heaven. Why would Jesus teach us to pray this way if he wasn't going to answer it? You know, he's not an Indian giver. You know, he's not one who, who, who kind of teases you. Well, I, maybe you might get this. You just keep, you never know. You might be good. No, no, no. He purchased you so you can experience his goodness. That's why it says in Romans 2, 4, it's the goodness of God that leads a man back to God or draws a person back to God. You know, when, I, I, I'll never forget when someone began to witness to me and you know, and, and I know that when I was nine years old, I gave my life to Jesus, so I was pretty sure I was saved, but I certainly wasn't living for him, you know, and, and the first time someone witnessed to me, this person wasn't living an overcoming life, and so I thought to myself, well, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be like you, you know, no offense, but they didn't know. They didn't have the knowledge of living an overcoming life. It wasn't until I found out that God wants me to be an overcomer in this life. He wants you to be a success. You know, if the enemy has tattooed an L on your forehead trying to tell you you're a loser, God's wiped that off and tattooed a W on your forehead saying you're a winner. Because God's a champion and making champions out of people who fail. And failure is not a person. Failure is an event anyway. You know, and so you've missed it. Who hasn't missed it? Who hasn't blown it? Who hasn't made mistakes? You know, mistakes means somebody's doing something. Amen? Amen. You know, it just means we were doing something that didn't work out. Well, if it didn't work out, God will give you a second chance. In fact, God won't give you a second chance. He'll give you a third chance. He'll give you a fourth chance. In other words, if you keep following him, he'll give you as many chances as you need, and he won't even let you know how many chances you needed in the first place. Because he's so good. He won't even let you know how many times you blew it. Because he's always there for you. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am redeemed. Amen. Glory to God. I'm redeemed from lack. I'm redeemed from sickness. You know, one of the greatest cause for illnesses in, in medical science tells us is inflammation. And you want to understand what you're redeemed from, read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 16 through 72. All these curses will come up on you. You're redeemed from that. Amen. And inflammation is one of the major causes for illness in the body, in the natural body. You know, and you're redeemed from inflammation. It's, a, it's, it's, under, it's, 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 it's part of the redemption package. You know, and when you get hold of that, you know, you, you realize that, hey, I'm redeemed from inflammation. Well, you know, most sinus problems are a result of inflammation. Inflamed sinus cavities. Can't breathe through your nose. You know why? Because it's inflamed. It's swelled up in there. Some type of something got inside there, and you can't breathe. All of a sudden, you're drunk. You know? 
can't sleep at night, you know, you need to be declaring, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from allergies. I'm redeemed from inflammation. I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from back issues. I'm redeemed from knee issues. I'm redeemed from failing eyes. I'm redeemed from failing ears. I'm redeemed from these things. Glory to God. The redeemed of the Lord needs to say so. And see, God gave you this opportunity to enter his kingdom so you can experience the goodness of God. Am I helping somebody today? So we are redeemed. Not only are we, we, we redeemed, but we're also redeemed so that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Go, you don't have to go with me. Most of you know this scripture, but if you'd like to go with me, go with me to John chapter 3, verse 16. And I'm going to back up here a little bit and start with verse 9. After Nicodemus came to the Lord and said, you know, what must I do to you know, have eternal life? What, what do I need to do? And uh, Nicodemus and Jesus said, you know, unless you're born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can these things be? And Jesus said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Verse 11, most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who has came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's not here to condemn you. He wants you to enter into this kingdom. He purchased you so that you can enter into this kingdom. Now let's look at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so in verse 15, he said that, you know, he who believes will not perish but have eternal life. See those two words, eternal and everlasting, in the Greek, they're exact same word, all right? So now go with me to John 17, 3, or 17, John 17. Jesus spoke these words again, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life, there's that word eternal again, to many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Exact same Greek word as in John 3.15 and 3.16. Exact same word. This is eternal life that you may know, that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this is the whole purchase, purpose of redemption is so that you can walk with God. Now, the Bible says that, you know, when we draw nigh unto God, he draws nigh unto us. And James 4, 7 says, when we submit ourselves unto the Lord, we actually resist the enemy and he shall flee. Now, think about it for just a moment. You know, if you were defeated by God while you were in heaven as, a, as an angel, and then when you were on earth, you got defeated by him again. And then when you were in the pit of hell, he came down there and openly made a show of you again. Would you want to come around God? 
Would you want to hang out with him, the guy who defeats you? No, you wouldn't want to hang around him. So the more we hang around God, the more the enemy doesn't want to hang around us. The more we spend time with God, the less time the enemy spends with us, trying to mess with us. That's why it's so important that when we understand this principle that eternal life is knowing God, God said, this is what I want. This is what I desire of you. I desire to have a relationship with you. I'm restoring to you. I have purchased for you the same relationship I had with Adam and Eve before sin ever entered into the garden. Now, how powerful is that? You know, they had no lack. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. You know, everywhere they went, they had fruit. And the Bible says the fruit was like, you know, meat to them. You know, and it's hard for me to wrap, or my, wrap my head around that sometimes my wife slices up these zucchinis that we grow and grill them that tastes like a T-bone steak. It'll never taste like a T-bone steak. <laughs> That's because sin has entered into the world. But for Adam and Eve, it tastes like a T-bone steak. That's what it said. I mean, all their food was provided, every need they had. They walked with God, you know, and just what a glory. There was no sin, which means there was no wars. Think about it. There was no strife. You know, there was no HGTV. Say, what's that about? Well, you know, anytime Eve wanted her bedroom remodeled, it was remodeled. All the provision was made for her. There was no elections. You know, there was no strife. There was no wars. There was no, you know, sickness. There was no disease. It was the Garden of Eden. It was heaven on earth. And this is what God's purchased for you. Say, I'm redeemed. God has purchased this so that you can walk with him. Now we understand the scripture that says, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain grace and mercy in time of need. This is what redemption provided for you. It provided you the ability to come boldly to God because number one, he purchased away. He paid the admission. He's the doorkeeper into the kingdom of God. He's already paid the admission for you to come in. He's already taken care of all that. So now you can come into the kingdom of God. You can come boldly to the kingdom of God that you may obtain grace. What is grace? God's favor. Hmm? How many of you can use a little more of God's favor? I love the favor of God. Amen. I walk in the favor of God. Thank God for God's favor. What is grace? Unmerited favor. In other words, it's something you didn't deserve, but something God gave you. And so when you enter to the kingdom of God, you come boldly to the throne of grace that you can obtain that favor of God and the mercy of God. Who doesn't need the mercy of God? I need the mercy of God every day. You know, and so this is the key of redemption. He, because he has purchased you, because he is your kinsman redeemer, because of the law of redemption, he has now given you access to walk in the fullness and all the life that God has for you. Now, I don't know about you, that, that, but that encourages me. That gives me a goal. But one of the things we have to do is do what Paul did. And go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained. So one of the keys is this in this redemption life. Know that you haven't experienced all that God has for you. 
In other words, God has more for you. God has more for you. Tell your neighbor God has more for you. Well, I'm blessed. You know, God's taking care of me. You know, I mean, yeah, that's great, you know. But God has more for you. Amen. Amen? Who doesn't want to experience that? You know, the word of the Lord that Brother Jerry gave us was more and more and more suddenly. God has more for you. Amen? Amen. God has more for me. Amen. Not that I've already attained, so that's part of it, or am already perfected. Now, this is Paul writing this. I'm not perfected. I haven't gotten there yet, but it wasn't about his works. It wasn't about his ability. It wasn't about his righteousness. It was about the fact that God put him in right standing with him. Why? Because he purchased him. And so not that I'm perfected, but I press on. That's the key right there. I keep on pressing. I keep on believing. I keep on standing. I keep on trusting. You know, and one of the, time, the, one of the things that we need to do is don't quit. Because quitters never win, but winners never quit. Amen. You know, you might need to take a, a break. You might need to take a rest, but don't quit. That's the real key to being victorious in this Christian life is just don't quit. The power is in the consistency. Amen. In fact, I believe it so much I got in the back of my Bible. Don't quit. You know, and so when I open my Bible, I got in the front of my Bible too. It says don't quit there either. Amen. I remind myself don't quit, don't give up. You know, there was a time when I first got saved and went into the ministry and I left the engineering field. I was a construction engineer working on my mechanical engineering degree. And uh, I, I left the ministry and things weren't just going all that great. You know, and I thought, man, I'm just going to quit. So I told the Lord, I'm going to quit this. This this not going to work. And the Lord spoke to me and said, well, you can quit. He said, but in six months, I know you. You're going to be want to be right back here. You, you, you got a calling in your life. You're going to be going right back here. And I'm like, you know, don't you hate it when God's right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I, I know that. He said, instead of quit, why don't you just rest? And I had this vision of going up a ladder, just crawling up a ladder, you know, and uh, just this tall tower, you know. And I've crawled up a few tall towers before, but, you know, I was in a lot better shape then than I am now. But I could only see, you know, I could only imagine what it would be like to, you know, crawl up the tower. I don't know if you guys are driving by the... Uh, television station but they're taking down one tower and they put up another tower you know you know if they pay that guy two hundred dollars to crawl that tower it's worth it two hundred dollars an hour it's worth it isn't it you know i mean when you get up in those towers and stuff like that they sway and you know and i mean you know i mean it can just it can just freak you out being up there you know i mean you know you might be up there and you, the enemy says well these cables aren't going to hold you you know and anyway that's another story but Anyway, you know, crawling up this ladder, and the Lord showed me in that vision, and when he was speaking to me, he said, well, instead of quitting, why don't you just rest? That way you don't have to go all the way back down and then come back up. You know, sometimes there's times to wait upon the Lord, and what does it say? And he shall what? Renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall walk and not faint, and you shall run and not be weary. You know, when you wait on the Lord. So sometimes it's okay to take a break. Sometimes it's okay to wait. But, you know, even in that waiting, we want to continue to trust God's word is doing what God says he's going to do. All right, go back to Matthew 16. This is part of redemption. And this is such a good segue from the kingdom of God back into, into the redemption. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. 
going back there again. Are we learning something this morning? Are you glad you came to church? If you're not, don't say anything. Verse 31. And another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it was grown, it was greater than all the herbs and became a tree so that the birds of the air came and nest in it. And the kingdom of heaven is like this. When a man plants a seed, he doesn't know how. He goes to sleep at night. He doesn't know how, but it grows. You know, I don't know how these seeds quite work. You know, I took a biology class in college, you know, and I know there's some type of enzymes that get triggered when warm does this and water does this and this does this and this chemical reaction happens that. And I remember all that stuff, but you know, I really don't know how a seed works. I didn't design the seed, but God designed the seed. But this I do know, and I'm being fruitful of it right now. When I plant a seed, I get a harvest. I know that in the natural realm. You know, why do I have a harvest? Because I have been redeemed. As part of the redemption, I've been redeemed to experience the kingdom of God. And how does the kingdom of God work? When you speak the word of God, you're releasing the seed of God's word into your situation. And you're giving God an opportunity to bring that seed forth. That's why it's so important. Again, don't quit. Wait upon the Lord. Let that seed reach its full potential. Don't get in a hurry. Don't dig up your seed. Don't walk away from your seed. Don't let the cares of the world or things going on choke out that word. But take hold of what God says and say, I'm redeemed. I've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And I can have, I've been purchased. And I can receive all that God has for my life. Somebody say, I'm redeemed. You are redeemed to receive all that God has for you. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.